0: Greetings, I am Jim. And I am Sean, and we welcome you to our podcast. Our goal is to entertain you with our
1: discussions about RPG, fantasy, and everything in between. Come sit by the fire. You're safe here. We'll keep watch. We hope you enjoy 13 Sided Die, Level 3, Episode 22. Our special guest, Courtney of Figuratively Speaking Minis. This is such an amazing interview with our talented friend, Courtney. Come hear her talk about her mini painting journey, share her tips, drop an F-bomb... What the hell's going on? ...and then listen to us make our first guest cry.
2: I'm sorry, what?
1: In all seriousness, this is a heartfelt and a real episode. We hope you enjoy it as much as Jim and I did. All this and more in our latest episode of 13 Sided Die. Hey, everybody. We're back. It's been a little break. It is summertime, and uh, it's hard to do just about anything in the summer because you're pretty much doing everything, and uh, it's uh, great to see these lovely people in front of me. We have a special guest here in the virtual studio, and uh, first of all, I want to say a big hello to my buddy Jim. How you doing, buddy? Howdy. Awesome. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm really good. Um, I'll be honest, I have a hauls in my mouth right now. Uh, it's very smoky here and it seems to be bothering me today. So you guys might hear me hacking and coughing. Uh, if uh, you do, I'm terribly sorry. I'll apologize up front. But uh, things are going well here. Um, Jim, this is episode 22, if you can believe that. 22. But since last episode, we've had an anniversary. It's our year anniversary since we started doing this silly thing. Oh, yeah. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary, buddy. <laughs> it's been a blast. It's been a great year. Yeah. Oh, well, that's
0: awesome. A lot's happened. Yeah. That was, I, I'm pretty surprised how many we've had in
1: a year. That, I think that's a pretty good record. 22. It's more than one a month. So that's good. <laughs> yeah. Now it's been a lot of fun and I'm so glad we started this and uh, we started it at the beginning of uh, August last year. So it's been almost a year and a month almost. So that's awesome. And we almost uh, uh, know what we're doing. We almost, almost we're so close. Almost, we're yeah. getting closer every episode. Yeah, we <laughs> on the second year
0: anniversary. We'll That's right. A we'll, we'll we'll have
1: it. Nailed. Nailed. Um, As I mentioned earlier, we're really excited today because it's uh, one of our favorite episodes that we do, which is kind of an interview episode. And we have a very dear, good friend coming on to chat with us today. Uh, It's not James from Siege Studios. We did that disaster already. And uh, that episode is not even available anymore. Um, But that's a whole other story. We wanted Uh, a real mini painter to come on. (laughs) We wanted a real mini painter. And, uh, yeah, uh, we have, uh, for those of you that probably heard already, uh, Courtney coming in, figuratively speaking, minis on Instagram. I would say my, well, I know, I for 100% my favorite mini painter out there. She's so talented. Her work is absolutely beautiful. I know you're a huge fan, too. We're so excited to have her come on today. And uh, we are going to just sit and have an open, fun, and friendly chat. So let's uh, welcome Courtney to 13 uh, Sided Die.
3: Hey, Courtney. Oh. Oh, you're too kind. You're making no. me blush. <laughs>
1: well, listen, buddy. It's it's fully earned. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we we've been following the three of us. have been following each other for quite a while, mm-hmm. and uh, we know each other quite well. And you're you, you're just amazing. You, your talent just speaks for itself. Like it's it's and people follow. So many people follow you, and so many people know that. And um, I'm not going to go on a long rant here, but I think one of the greatest things I love about what you do. Is that you really share what you do. So anybody who follows you learns. I know you're very open to helping people and you're just you're it's it's amazing. So it's not just like kind of a a lockdown world of mini painting. You're very open and people can learn a lot and and you're extremely talented. So anyways, why don't you? you. You're welcome. Why don't you? uh, Why don't I shut up and let you speak a little bit? And You can tell us a little bit about yourself.
3: Oh, sure. (laughs) I can do that. Um, Yeah, I'm Courtney, and I've been painting now for just about six years. I think it'll be six years in October. I started in 2018, right? and uh, I started because um, I had just had a baby, and I was a little bored, and we were playing board games with a group of friends, and one of them said, well... If you have time during the day which you probably don't because you have a baby and not <laughs> a child but you know like if you have some time and you want to do something have you ever painted miniatures before and i'm like no but i've always kind of been creative um uh when i was younger like watercolors pottery acrylics um model building different things like that um so i've always been artistic so i thought okay i'll give it a try so he lent me his stuff and he gave me one of his board games um, and I started with board game miniatures and it was a dis- uh, descent. It, uh, it was a descent board game. I forget which one it was, but it was great. Like it had like these, you know, like under dark characters and, and things nice. like that. So it was really fun. And uh, then um, the first miniature that I painted for myself was my character in Gloomhaven. Cool. So I was like the sorceress where she has like two different color fires. Um, And that's kind of how I started getting into it. And then I realized with their encouragement, because my husband and my uh, friends were always like, oh, that's really good. Have you never (laughs) painted before? And I'm like, no, I've never painted miniatures before. (laughs) And they're like, why don't you keep going? Here's another board game. And then (laughs) my husband's coworkers found out that I painted board games. And he's like, do you want to paint my Dark Souls? And I'm like, yeah, because have you seen the Monsters of Dark Souls? Like, it's insane. And so that the next bo- like Dark Souls was the next board game that like I really elevated. I, mean, mm-hmm. I took that extra step and then I kind of just dove into the world of miniature painting. I started watching it on YouTube, like uh, hours and hours and hours of YouTube. And right. I started just I had a um, an egg carton and some acrylic paints from Michael's and crappy dollar store paintbrushes. And I just went to town.
0: How far you've come. <laughs>
3: yeah yeah it's been i actually saw the pictures recently of like my first uh yeah. Descent miniatures like the heroes and stuff and i'm like yeah. <laughs> oh
2: no 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 that <laughs> is like but
3: you everybody starts somewhere right so like right. i remember i tried to do the eyes and they're just these giant glosses. oh it was so funny um but yeah that's kind of how i started and then about a year into it i started teaching right Um, we were friends with, uh, one of the owners of a board game cafe here in our town, our city. And, uh, he's like, oh, your wife miniature paints, would she be interested in teaching? And I was like, I'm really, really new at this, but I'm sure I could (laughs) teach like the basic big. Yeah. Sure. Why not say yes, figure out the details later. That's right. And, and so I kind of just went for it. And then I've been teaching there on and off for the last four years. So, and I'm teaching now, um, it's getting a little bit bigger. Um, so I was teaching there and then I was teaching at several other places in our city. And then, um, I got invited to teach at cons. Yeah, so I did two cons last year, and then I did two cons this year. Yes, one of you the did VR con, oh. <laughs> um, but uh, and then in the fall I'll be teaching on a cruise ship.
0: That's crazy! That's and so then, exciting.
3: Yeah, and then hopefully it kind of continues from there. I'd like to do some more cons next year. We'll see how many I can get done.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, it's a lot of work. Um, they're is. very, they're amazing, and you meet so many people, and it's so great. But it's just. It's so much buildup for that one day. And then it just I find like afterwards you're wiped for a while trying to get everything back
3: together and um. I was really sick at the end of last year just con hangovers. Like, oh yeah. Like, but it nailed me. Like <laughs> yeah. um because I did the cons, I did two cons for four days each and six Oof. to eight classes per day. Wow. So wow. it was, it was an incredible amount of teaching in a very short amount of time. I lost my voice completely. Like it yeah. was this year. I was like, you know what? Let's take some precautions. Let's only do two <laughs> um, a day for three days. And it was much, much better. So yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I know, uh, um, putting ArdCon on, I spent like pretty much the whole of July just chasing my tail, getting caught up from everything I missed while I was getting ready to do it. Like it's, it's a ton of stuff, but you know, they're so great. There's just so much fun. and so great to do. Um, I love
3: meeting people. Like that's like the best part of this whole thing about teaching classes in the city about doing these cons is I met people and I was like, this is the best part. Uh, Mm -hmm. it's, it's not, um, it's, it's, Uh, the game con that I did this year, I had people they are like, Oh yeah, I follow you on Instagram and I wanted to give you this, or I wanted to see you in person. I'm like, thank you. Like you're so kind. And like, and then you meet people who are like involved in putting on these events. And you're like, I don't know how you guys do this. This is incredible. I'm really glad to meet you. I'm glad to know you. I'm glad to see the behind the scenes because I've been going to cons for years, but to see a little bit of the taste of behind the scenes, the amount of work that goes into that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of work for me. And, and, you know, you kind of just take everything on the chin that goes wrong and you're like, <laughs> yep, we're just going to deal with that. Yep. Um, and then the scale in which things can go wrong. Oh my gosh. Like it's, it's unreal. It's unreal. It's and It's amazing that these events even get off the ground.
0: <laughs> yeah, it really is. I was blown away by that. I think it was the last one you did with um, your, you had to like build all those Warhammer minis. Yeah, like, no, the so night that before. was
3: um, the conquest from Parabellum games, which I'm so incredibly grateful for. They decided to um, donate all the figures. And so then when I opened the box uh, and I started, I realized they weren't assembled and I was like, okay, yeah, no problem. We came a day early just in case things went wrong because last year's experience, I'm like, Oh, things can go wrong. <laughs> and so we opened the box and we started putting them together. And funnily enough, what they sent me was incomplete sprues. So I didn't even have all of the sprues that I needed. So I run to the Parabellum uh, booth and I was like, oh, hey, Daryl. I um, just wanted to like
2: see
3: if I'm <laughs> crazy here. And is this correct? And he's like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. This is completely incorrect. You are oh missing half a sprue." And there was hundreds in there. I mean hundreds. And so he's like, then he went to Sentry Box and like pulled some stock. Really? He had to pull stock for me. And uh he's like, okay, well, here's some boxes. Let me know whatever <laughs> whatever else you need. And I'm like, okay. So then I run to AK Interactive's booth because luckily and thankfully and gratefully, they sponsored the event as well because I didn't have plastic cement. So,
2: oh man. <laughs>
3: but I didn't have plastic cement. And so he, they they gave me all the super glue and plastic cement and luckily I had sprue cutters. Um but yeah, then they gave me all the stuff so then me and my husband were sitting on this concrete floor cuz we didn't have tables <laughs> yet. And I'm just <laughs> snipping and I'm like, okay, we're just going to get as many done as we can today. And luckily, and then by like the 30th one, I'm like, okay, I'm really tired. And my bum hurts from sitting on this concrete. We're wrapping it up for the day. We got enough for two classes tomorrow. And then we'll work in between. So,
2: wow, that's great.
3: So kind is after I posted that story a bunch of people reached out, um, Tanya, the war mistress on Instagram. She was like, I have a friend who's going to game con. He's ready to come and sit with you if you need someone because nobody, Was there with me. Um, they, they kind of figured I was alone, but luckily I wasn't alone and I was also staying with family that, you know, could have helped me too. So it all worked out, but yeah.
1: Yeah. And you just never know what's going to happen. You may not be able to charge for what you're doing at your show because you,
3: might have left my square in Edmonton, but luckily we had Sean. Sean. You're so kind. Thank you so much for that. We appreciate that because, um, yes, that did kind of screw me over. <laughs> the and the child's like, "Well, can you just use mine?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I don't know how that works." And it worked out really, really well. Yeah,
1: and it was perfect because uh, I was coming anyway. I was giving a a, a panel yeah. at the show, so which was your help to get it. And uh, yeah, it was great to be able to drop it off, and it worked out fine. But. Yeah. The- That's part of the thing that I think um, I kind of want to touch on. uh, This relates to something you said earlier, that when somebody looks at something from the outside and they look at what we're doing and they look at stuff going on, they don't always understand how much stuff is behind it. Yeah. You know, um, if someone looks at some of your work right now and it's beautiful, they don't understand there's all those years. And I don't just mean the last six years of you learning to paint minis. It's all the stuff behind that of doing pottery, of doing watercolors, of doing acrylics. It's all that years of knowledge and skills and training and testing and failing and doing yeah. stuff that brought you to this point. Um, and when somebody sees you at a con, they don't understand how much has gone on behind the scenes to get yeah. you to that moment. You know what I mean? And I I, I think our, that's something I think is a little wrong with our community that I would love for people to understand that when people look at a lot of the stuff that I do and they're like, I hear you like you're so talented. It's like, well, thank you. It's very kind, but I'm also so practiced. I've been yeah. doing this for a long time and I've made errors. And like you said, I've made ugly eyed things from the early days because you just, you're learning. And yeah. so I want people, a, don't be discouraged when you start because it's a journey, right? Yeah. You have to go on this journey and, People, like any journey, are on different points on that journey than other people. Some are further ahead. Some are a little at the beginning, a little further behind. But it's a journey. And just enjoy the trip. And don't compare. Just look towards something maybe better down the line and learn, right? But it's there's so much going on there.
3: Exactly. And that's, you know, miniature painting was all I had for an outlet for so many years um, that it was all consuming. Now, yeah. most people do not have the time to be all consuming with their hobbies, you know? So when I say I've spent more than 10,000 hours a year painting, yeah, like nobody has that kind of time, except, you know, like very few people. And, you know, I made it my job. I made it my it, all consuming. It's my job. It's my, what I do every single day you know and and you have to take into account like most people can't do that and that's okay and so but it's just might just take a little bit longer or or you know something like that and it's it, don't yep. compare because you work a, a 9 to 5 or like a 9 to 7 job yep or a 12 hour a day job like yeah. i i have 12 hours to spend on this alone a day yeah so.
2: yeah
1: i get a lot of that too people are like i can't believe how much stuff you make, like how busy you are. And I always say to people, remember you probably have a full time job. Mm-hmm. And then you come home and you squeeze out a little bit of time around your family and your other life to do a little crafting. I have, you know, eight hours a day in the studio every day yeah. to, to build stuff. This is my job. That's what I do. So yeah. I better be churning out stuff if I've got that much time. Absolutely. So again, yeah. don't compare, just enjoy, take your own journey and, and get as much out of it as you
2: can.
3: Yeah. And that's why I like teaching like my in-person classes is because it's like, they're like, well, how can I make this look better instantly? I'm like, yeah. this is I'm going to show you how to make this look <laughs> better instantly because you don't have the time.
2: Yeah, so yeah,
3: Layering and layering and layering. And people have to understand, like, you know, when you yeah, you have the time, you get to spend it on those techniques. But if you don't have the time, let's make it as good as possible for you to play with. Like, that's yeah. that's the goal here is like, yep. If you if you want to take it to the next level, like I can teach you how to take it to the next level or I can show you the people who can teach you to take it to the next level. Um, But, you know, you just got to realize where you're at. And not expect too much of yourself if that's no, just not going to happen over over that those hours. Yeah, Courtney, I, I can't
1: remember. Did you do you do much online training for people who are uh, remote who couldn't see you in person? Do you offer stuff yeah, for that?
3: I do. Um, I do teach classes two hour classes online. Um, there hasn't been much interest, which is fair. Um, you know what? It's it's not cheap. It's not cheap. Yeah, um, and it's it's kind of funny. So you know, it's, it's hard as a commission artist and as like, um, as a teacher to set prices Mm -hmm. because I learned from YouTube. I did, I taught myself and I just learned from YouTube. And so when you're advertising, like, Hey, I can teach you. It's $85 $85 for two hours. That's a lot of money. And, yeah. but at the same time, you have to value your experience and, and time and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, I'm really bad at that. Everyone's yeah. like, what are your prices for this? I'm like this price. They're like, Oh, that's so low. I'm like, really? Is it? Cause yeah. I feel like it could be lower. But yeah. my husband's like, no, it's not lower. Stop giving discounts. <laughs> like, okay.
1: It's not that two hours you're spending with them. That's not what they're paying for. Yeah. They are paying for your years of mistakes, learning knowledge to get to where you are. That's what people are paying for. Yeah. And sadly, in the world that we live in now, people are used to like, i think jim and i talked about this the other day i think isn't it walmart now offers a two hour delivery service like what do you need in your life other than maybe like you know anti-snake venom within two hours (laughs)
2: like
1: like, what do you need that quickly but the world that expects that now and they expect the amazon immediate free delivery to you and so they apply that kind of um you know, want desire to everything. And if it's something that's handmade, you can't have that it, right. it that's, it's a world apart. And it's, it's a weird understanding our world has. And I think, um, a lot of people get it. Like you said, some people are like, Oh, that's way too cheap. I can't believe that's so cheap for this amazing thing. Cause where can you get that? Where can you get someone to teach you to do this and jumpstart your journey? Um, I, I just wish that more people would understand that. And it would be a better, you know, like my wife's a knitter, and she's an amazing knitter, and somebody she was knitting one time at work and somebody said, "That's oh, that's so beautiful. Could you make me one of those? I, I, I'd pay you." And then she kind of just laughs to herself because right away people have no idea because they're thinking, I'm going to go buy something from Winners. I'm not putting Winners down. Maybe they're going to buy a sweater or something from Winners for like $25. Yeah. Like the yarn for what she was making was like, I think, $100, $125 just for the yarn. Yeah. And then you start working out the hours it takes to knit something. Like yep. you have to charge like thousands of dollars to make minimum wage. Like oh, it's I, I it's know. it's insane, right? And I so
3: we don't make minimum wage. No, no. no, 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 no. I make no. no.
1: I stop keeping track of hours on commission projects because it's it can be depressing to know you're making three dollars an hour. Yeah, like a
3: dollar, dollar fifty.
1: Yeah. It's not worth oh, see how much better I am than you? I'm twice as good as you. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, like, you can't do it. You can't work it out because it's it it is almost depressing. So to me, what for me, what it is is that I'm not working in my dusty old office job anymore. I'm not on track for a heart attack like I was because the high stress world I was living in. Uh, I did it for 23 years. I managed to escape all that. I don't make very much money, but I'm happy. I'm honestly, truly, for the first time in my life, feel like I am an artist where before it felt like it was kind of kind of. But now it honestly does. And I'm way happier. And I have a lovely, amazing, supporting wife who has a real job who helps keep the the dollars and cents going. And and I'm happy. Right. And it's it's, it's, that's important. So it's really hard. It's a very tough thing. So I don't think you can keep track of the dollars and cents on what you're making an hour. Like what you're making is. Happiness and contentment, yeah. and you and know what it's like, right? Because
3: yeah. I've got two yeah. kids, right? So I'm right. doing this in between parenting full time, right? Yeah. Are they painting they... for
1: you yet? Yeah. Sorry, Jim. Are they painting for you yet, Courtney? Like, have you no. got an assembly line going? Oh, I don't uh...
3: trust their painting skills, even though <laughs> yes. I am their teacher. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jim. Yeah. I was just going to say, like
0: with Courtney, <clears throat> not only are you like an incredible main painter, like one of the best I've seen, the speed you do it at is unreal. Like no one even comes close to you for speed.
3: Yeah, that's my crutch or my <laughs> what is it? My crux. It's, yeah, it, you know, and and I started out like I, I am a very fast painter. So um, unfortunately, now people expect things really quickly. So mm. when I can't do it quickly um i'm like i'm really sorry i'm really sorry like i'm uh, like um at the end of last year beginning of this year like i was really 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 sick and so i was like i just can't turn out models like i did my um so after the second con my face started going numb um yeah so like i i lost feeling on the the side of my face and i thought i had like bell's palsy because i'm like like this is good, and it's just a virus that just stuck with me for for a really long time and i actually couldn't paint so when people were asking me for commissions I'm like, yeah, sure. But then I was like killing myself trying to get it done because I'm like I can't see out of my eye.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah,
1: I'm I remember I, I remember you saying you might not have been able to make it to our show because right. you were yeah, you were still feeling the the effects of that.
3: Yeah, so it got worse in February, and so I'm I'm actually still recovering. I'm not a hundred percent yet, so uh, wow. it's still been it's been a journey.
1: And it, it was a, a viral thing.
3: Uh, This, yeah, so it started off with a virus at the end of last year, and then this year it's turned into something different. So
1: wow, wow, well, best of luck to you with that. Yeah. Thank
3: you. It, you know what? It's getting better, and that's why that's why Jim actually your dragon has taken longer than yeah. I wanted it to because I'm like. I, I literally can't do this right now. But, uh, and then I'm still churning out as many commissions as possible. And now I'm like, I got these 3D printers. And now I'm like, oh, maybe I should offer like print and paint. And I'm like, Corny, relax. Yeah. relax.
0: Like, no, never any time frame. Like, yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah, taking a long time for that menu. How long have you been working on that?
3: Uh, about a month and a half.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's That's a Tiamat, it's I've a Tiamat heard. model. Yeah. It's huge no i think it's ginormous isn't it or yeah. whatever gargantuan gargantuan, gargantuan. Yeah. yeah that's funny and the detail yeah. is insane and
3: like i'm yeah. glad you like it i put a lot of love into it i was like how can i make this a gym miniature okay it would, t- <laughs> it would take
0: me years it would take me years to paint that and it would look like crap <laughs> that's awesome i can teach you there
1: you go there <laughs> you go uh courtney i have a question for you i did write down a number of questions i don't think i've read one of them yet um but i'm interested in this um so miniature painting it involves obviously a great attention to detail right and it's interesting because everything's so small everything has got i think th- i've seen things have gotten more detailed in miniatures over the years like i go back to my days in the 80s the lud figures which didn't have anywhere near as much details we have now um can you share a Instance where a small detail had a significant impact on the overall feel of the miniature. You, any thoughts on something like that where there was something that a certain detail that you did had a significant impact on the overall feel of it?
3: Uh, there's one figure that comes to mind almost immediately when you say, like, significant amount of detail. Mm-hmm. This model, uh, her name was Enna Fimbley. She was from Loot Studios and she was a 3D print. Mm-hmm. And she had the most beautiful clothing. And now it may not be, well, okay. I think it's significant in two ways. Um, It's significant because this is the first model that I had painted with such amazing detail that I really wanted to make it look really, really good. Mm. And I think for that model... It was significant because it added a lot of warmth and it allowed me to be to test my limits a little bit more with certain high-end techniques like non-metallic metal. And it really did bring the model to life. Like it was quite significant to me in the way that it was so challenging to me. Yeah. And it I I felt like I rose to the occasion. And that felt so good. And yeah, like that was that was a great model. I absolutely love that model. And it really, I think it showed people that like For me, it felt like it showed people that I can do this and I can do it really well and I can make these models come to life. And I think um, the same can be said for the mice models that I've been doing, the frog, Mm
2: -hmm. uh,
3: um, magpies. Um, Those models, I wanted to take it, you know, okay. And just as an aside, here's a tangent. (laughs) When I do a model for myself, they always turn out better than when I do it for somebody else.
2: Okay.
3: So those models, the frogs, the, the, the magpies, um, I did those for myself because I was in a slump and, oh, I'm going to start crying. Mm.
2: And I really (laughs)
3: tried to prove to myself that I was a good miniature painter. Mm. And that was significant for me.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. Oh, Sorry. Awesome. It was no. significant for me. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And the details on those models. Proved to myself that I was a good miniature painter.
2: Yeah. The yeah. best.
3: And that's why I'm not going to sell them.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it, those ones are for yeah. me.
3: Um, but you know what? Those, those details, um, the leather on the hood of the magpie.
2: Yeah. I
1: love those.
3: And I said, I'm going to make this look like real leather. And mm. I did. Hmm. and um it was so significant to that model because it really draws you into that world it makes it look like this belongs in a movie this mm-hmm. belongs yeah this is real leather and i did it and i was like can i swear
2: <laughs> yeah oh
3: can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like this is, <laughs> this is like, the best thing i've ever painted and it yeah. just it proved to myself that i could do it and it proves to the the audience that you know, you can paint something and you can make it so real that it draws you into that world. Yeah. And I was just so incredibly mm-hmm. proud of of the NFMB model because that was the first time that I had painted anything like that to that scale. She was 75 millimeters. She's a furball. Mm-hmm. She had the most incredible amount of detail on it. And I said to myself, I'm like, I did that. Like I did yeah. it. Yeah. Yay me, right? Like, yeah. me high five and it was like those models. Um, I painted for myself after moments of like complete doubt, yep. like a hundred, like, I'm like, what yep. am I even doing? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Like the the whole imposter syndrome thing. Right. So it's like, yeah, yeah I did that. And I made it look real. And I brought you into my imagination. And how, cool
0: yeah. is that. so I love those models. <laughs> I think what you're talking oh, about, I'm
3: Courtney, because I'm just like, oh, like nobody's ever asked me about that before. And it's like, yeah, you paint things. Yeah. They mean a
1: lot, yeah, they do. I think it's really important what you're talking about, Courtney, because anyone who looks at your work and and hey, anybody who's listening if you don't know Courtney's work, please figuratively speaking Minnie's go have a look her work is absolutely beautiful but anybody who looked at it right now would be like what is she talking about she is yeah. so freaking talented oh, um, no. <laughs> right no 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 but listen i get it too people like i don't want to sound big-headed but i know the quality of my work i've been doing it for a long time and i get people who you know say stuff to me like it's beautiful i love your work and it's that's lovely i doubt and question myself daily Like you just do. It's an artistic thing. Um, the imposter syndrome is a hundred percent correct. Um, and sometimes when you're so close to your work, you can't see beyond it. And so what happens is you start doubting yourself and doubting what you're doing. Um, creativity isn't, we're not photocopiers. You can't come to us and say, I want a fur bulb, turn on the photocopier and go, you have to be passionate. You have to be engaged with it. There's a whole affair that you have with that project. And so it's so easy to get derailed on that and for emotion because it is emotional to come into it. It's not 9 to 5 pen and paper Excel spreadsheets. Mm-hmm. It's creativity and expression and emotion. So it's yeah. very, very easy for these things to kind of go sideways and feel that way. So yeah. you're 100% valid in what you're saying. And if anyone's looking at yourself and doesn't understand that, think about when anybody, everybody has those doubts. And just because you're good at something doesn't mean those doubts go away. Like right. if anything, sure. they intensify. Cause there's also an element of going that I did the last one, which was really good. Now I have to do it as good or better. Right. Like, right. And so, uh, you know, thank you for that lovely sharing, very no,
3: open I'm, and warm. I'm, I'm sorry, but
2: just nobody's no. ever
3: asked me that before. So I was like,
2: mm-hmm.
3: you know, cause you kind of reflect on the pieces that were so important to you. And, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, I can look at a piece and tell you what I was feeling at the time that I was yeah. painting it. Yeah. And so actually for Jim's dragon, that I because I, I had texted Jim and I said, hey, um, do you have a red dragon that I could paint? Because I wanted to challenge myself Cool. and I just didn't want to keep it. I was like, <laughs> I wanted I wanted to, I'm running out of space, Um yep. but I wanted a challenge and I wanted, uh you know, to to really try something different. Mm. And so when Jim's like, well, I've got something for you, I'm like, OK, cool, let's do it up. Um, You know, and a part of me will never forget painting this dragon at this point in time because. I have been so sick Mm. and so sorry here I'm crying again this is this is the most emotional I think I've ever been on a podcast or like anything ever in my life um but I wanted to prove to myself that I could put something out even though I was sick yeah so Jim you get a dragon (laughs) that's monumental (laughs) Yeah, but you know there there it is it's like you know Uh, you kind of pour yourself into it and you know with Tiamat I'm like let's make her badass because I want to feel badass too and I want to feel powerful so you know you like you can take your time and you can do the techniques and everything like that but then it's like okay how am I going to take this to the next level and you kind of just what would what 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 do I want to do here I want to make this a story. I want to make this significant, and you know, doing the ruins and doing the effects and doing—I'm like that's bringing this dragon to life, but it's bringing me to life too because I got excited about it. Yeah, and I'm like to my husband, I'm like, okay, stop what we're doing. We have to go get pigments. <laughs> we have to go get glowing <laughs> things, and he loves it when I'm excited about things. So I was like, okay, yeah. let's just do it. Let's just dive in, and so like I did it, and then I was like when it was done and I'm like, okay, she's done. Like, I I think this is what I can do um, the best for now. And I think, yeah, people don't realize um, the emotion that goes in behind Mm -hmm. um, some of these pieces. Even, yeah, Yeah. they're miniatures. Yeah, we play with them, but there is emotion. Imagine like Mm -hmm. a person painting Warhammer and, you know, them finally picking up that airbrush and painting that big, you know, whatever it is, Um, Mm. with their airbrush for the first time and then they get to play it on the table. I'm, I'm about that. I'm about, you know, what, when I teach classes, is this going to make you happy? Like what colors are your favorite colors? Because you're going to paint this model and you're going to love it at the end of it because you did it and you put the time into it. How special is that? You want to paint that bust. Is that going to be your first bust and we're going to paint it together and then afterwards you're going to look at it and you're going to say I painted that. And it's not about the like the miniature. It's it's not about what you're painting. It's about how you're painting it and and what you're putting behind it. And I think that's so special. And I, as a teacher, get to see that with people and be a part of that. And that's like the best part when you see someone be like, wow, I didn't think I could do that, but this actually looks really good. And they take pictures of it (laughs) at the table. They're like, look what I did. And they show their others, they show their friends and I get to be a part of that. And that's why like, I love teaching. And that's why I love um, miniature painting is because, yeah, I get to express myself in these ways. And, you know, when the times are hard and when those imposter syndrome things are going through your brain and you still manage to produce something. Yeah. It's a good feeling.
1: Yeah. If you're just tuning in now, this is 13 sided die therapy sessions. We're here with Courtney and we're working through everyone's issues. It's fantastic.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry, <Sean. laughs>
3: oh, I love it. This is
1: real. Yeah. Like it's no, so awesome. real. Like well,
3: because we're friends, right? Like and yes. we we know these things. And and yes. you know, I was thinking about the podcast today, and I'm just like, sometimes I get quite nervous when I go into podcasts mm. because there is a certain persona that I present present right. uh to people. And I'm like, actually I don't feel that pressure because we're friends. Yeah, and yeah. you guys know, and, and
0: so- we're unprofessional. Um, we're idiots. <laughs> <laughs> and
3: I just so like, this is a good conversation to have with friends. And, yeah, and that's why probably oh, I started sure. crying is because you're so nice to me, and then
2: you say <laughs> what's significant about it. I'm like, okay, there's so <laughs> lot <long." laughs> You want to and- talk about significance? All of them,
0: <laughs> Courtney. You know, but I'm rearranging the entire fungin to make a shrine for <laughs> Tiamat. Like it, it is very special to me and I'm going to make sure it g- gets its due.
3: Well, you know, whatever, if it's in a box, it's in a box. It's okay. No, it no, God, no.
2: I have the pictures.
1: <laughs> no, uh, no. And, and Jim, boy, I tell you, I, I could talk so much about Jim. Um, Jim obviously isn't quite as um, in the realm of creativity as you and I are, right? Like in the, the, the level um, Jim is very creative and Jim makes awesome stuff, but that's not his, you know, his biggest passion. Jim is just the most passionate guy, period. Like, it kills me. I just, I you know, if anyone gets to know Jim, the first thing you say, he's the nicest guy I ever met. You always hear that. And his devotion to what this is all about, this community, and the fungin is ridiculous. It's this uh, kind of visceral, visual, you know envelopment of what he's about and it's just so cool how he's so into it and you know his stories just kill me they're always so funny and it's just yeah i i it is it's, it's storytelling
3: storytelling and then and, and i think that's a, such a beautiful thing too like
2: yeah
3: when you're i, I mean c- c- i'm sure you could imagine a time when when you were going through one of your campaigns or a one shot and someone was emotional or you know you know you were emotional you had an emotional response to something that somebody did like that's just as passionate. That's just as creative. Yeah. That's just as artistic. Completely. You know, you're weaving worlds. How yeah. beautiful is that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, love you, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to see the new Fungent when it's all done. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: Me too, Jim. Yeah. Invite me over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, bath, are- the bathroom
1: the
0: bathroom's getting renovated right now. And then once that's done, then I can be better. It's a scary
1: bathroom right now. Yeah. So. <laughs> You guys actually aren't that far apart, are you?
3: No, we're just a couple uh, hours.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Jim, do you have a question for our lovely guest? Definitely.
0: Uh, let's see which ones I got here. Um, I had one. Uh, what's your favorite convention and why is it ArtCon?
3: It is ArtCon, <laughs> funnily enough.
2: <laughs> oh, my you know, goodness.
3: ArtCon was so great. Um, I really enjoyed that because, again, it felt just like friends coming together. Yeah. hmm And, um, and it was small and intimate and it was beautiful seeing all of these creators. And I made friends, even more friends there, like, um, with Nicola and, Mm. um, with Cliff and with Renny. And I was like, you guys are so great. Like, this is fun. And it was just nice to see, like, even just the local community come out and support. Mm. Um, and then you realize you're like, "Whoo!" there's a lot of local community that does yeah. this how cool is that yeah. so yeah no ArtCon was great i really really enjoyed that and i can't wait for next year
1: i think we spent three years kind of in that bubble pretty much and met a lot of people online and you became friendly with people online but you hadn't really met them so i'm i agree with you Courtney. when you do any of these cons and these people come up to you and they're like so jazzed to see you in person because they've been following us you know online it's so exciting for everyone to see each other and get together and that i like, really, really a beautiful, warm spirit thing. I love it.
3: Yeah. 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 Cons are great for that. Like um, when I was at uh, GameCon, mm-hmm. um, our neighbors unfortunately ran into a lot of problems with trying to get their computers right. get right. across the border. And we made friends with them. And, you know, the the guy is like, yeah, I paint Warhammer too. That's really cool that you were your neighbors. And as the chaos wore on, I was like, mm-hmm. hey, like, do you want to come? And have some quiet time in our booth and just sit and paint some miniatures. I brought some extras. I brought War- yeah. uh, some extra Warhammer ones. He's like, really? Like, you'd let me do that? Like, of course. Of yeah.
1: course. It's community.
3: It's like yeah. just paint and, and relax for a little bit. And so he was super grateful for that. And, you know, you just you just do what you can for your neighbor. And yeah. and you and then you get to meet people and then forever they'll know that, you know, that one time you helped them out and yeah. and need them mm-hmm. feel OK or good or in that moment. And, and then. Yeah, the day comes that you need that for yourself, then, you know, you got some people that are, you know, got your back kind of thing. So
1: a, a con is very much like a wedding. There's like all of this effort work and stuff you go into. If you're like, if you're attending, if you have a, like a vendor or something set up, you do all this work to be there that day. And just like a wedding, 10 things are going to go wrong. Like you mentioned earlier, and you just got to try and flow and go with it. And I really felt sorry for those dudes because like, they had this huge, big area and nothing going on. Right. Like it was real drag.
3: Yeah. And by the end of it, they they accomplished some of the things that they needed. And you know what? At the end of it, we're like giving high fives. You're like, you guys did it like you did your best and that's all you can ask for. And congratulations. Like you pulled it off. And yeah, you know, so
1: if I could give a quick shout out to me, uh, one of the best things I liked about uh, Game Con it was the Fenris dudes those oh yeah,
3: they're great hey they're so great mm-hmm. and
1: talking to them it was so amazing um what they kind of they were saying that they are we're going to open up another brick and mortar store like that was the plan and because they have their main store out in Quebec and then they decided you know what if we that's a very expensive to do that right and in this day and age it's hard to bring people to a location how about we use that money and Use it to do things. So, like, they came to GameCon, but they didn't have a booth. They just came
3: to GameCon and mingled and met. And was, uh, they asked if they could like come into my booth and use my booths to store their <laughs> stuff. I was like, absolutely, of course you could. <laughs> like, yeah. was- they're such cool
1: guys, and I love that aesthetic of like not doing a store, but using that money to meet people. And they were one of the biggest supporters of ArtCon, and mm-hmm. they are like totally dead. They said we want to be involved earlier next year. We want to do more stuff. They're talking about maybe flying out. Like, there's just yeah. they're amazing, and it was so great to actually get to meet them at at GameCon, so it's a beautiful community it just truly is a great
2: community
3: yeah i made friends with those guys and uh so they've been um giving me vouchers for my my classes nice so and then i was like hey do you guys want your your stuff on the cruise Oh, cool. Like, Yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. Just send me some more stuff and I'll bring it to the cruise and you'll be a sponsor. So that's now sick doing that with them. So
1: yeah, very cool. That's awesome. And, Can and you that's, t-
3: that's just it. Like, that's how it grows, right? Is like you make friends and you're like, well, I support you because you support me. Yeah. And I really like what you stand <clears throat> for. And I like your vibe. And let's take that. I'm going to carry you with me. So mm-hmm. yeah. you, know, you just kind of carry each other along, right?
0: Classic Canadians.
2: Yeah, I know,
0: right? <laughs> Courtney. Can you tell us a bit more about that cruise? That sounds so exciting.
3: Yeah, so that's called D Three at Sea, and it is um, a small group um, on a cruise ship. Small. It's like it's like eighty people um, that get together and they play Dungeons and Dragons with celebrity DMs. Crazy. Yeah. So the way I heard about it first is um, I have a client. His name's Mark Meir. Mark Meer voices Commander Shepard in Mass Effect. And he does. Mm. He's quite big in the D&D mm. scene. And uh, so I'm friends with him. He's my neighbor. We've been chatting and he's like, yeah, I'm going to go do D3 at C. I was like, well, what's that? And this was a couple of years ago or yeah, yeah about a, a couple of years, a year and a half ago. And uh, then I was like, oh, ha ha ha. Do they have someone to teach miniature painting? <laughs> and he's like, no. I was like, cool. I should contact them. So I've been like trying to contact them for like a year and a half, yeah. and I keep just sending emails. And it was actually at GameCon. I had sent an email the Wednesday before GameCon, and they got back to me at GameCon. They're like, yeah, I think we'd be very much interested. And I was like, <laughs> okay, my mind has just exploded. This is the yeah, best thing I'm- ever. And, uh, so yeah, it's just a group of 80 people. There's celebrity DMs. You sign up for a mini campaign, so to speak. Um, and then there's one shots. And then because this one's over Halloween, there's a masquerade ball, other activities. And now, um, me, which is miniature painting. Um, so there'll be lots, there's lots of stuff going on. It's, it's yeah. really, really, really cool. And Jim, I think you should DM for them. <laughs> DMs go for free if you have a party of six people that go. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Wow. And they're always looking for more DMs. So, yeah, like it's really, really, really cool. That is awesome.
1: Uh, I have a question for you. So collaboration, it's huge, obviously, in tabletop gaming. Um, How do you work with players who um, want customized miniatures for their characters? How do you balance your artistic vision with uh, their ideas?
3: Mm, That's so tough. It's so Mm. tough. That's, I think, one of the hardest things that I've had to encounter um, as a commission artist is because Mm -hmm. I love it when people say, can you just paint this for me? (laughs) And I'm like, yes, yes, I can. Um, But if someone says, you know, I want it to look like this and this. And then as I'm sending like pictures of it, they're like, no, not really. And it's like, well, that actually looks the best, in my opinion. (laughs) um, No, you do it. And those are the those are the projects that, you know, I become very dispassionate about. Yes. That's just the grind. That's the slug slugging through box art. It's it's you know, can you make the Marvel Crisis Protocol characters look like the Marvel Marvel people? You're like, yeah, "Yeah, I can. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and it, it is tough. And, it, you know, but ultimately, you know, when a when a player comes and they have a personalized character, that's more interesting to me than, you know, like box mm. like uh, mm-hmm. games. Mm-hmm. So then you get to really bring it to life. And, you know, they and if they say they love it, then you're like, okay, I'm winning. This is fantastic. Like, great. I'm so glad I brought this to life for you. So that feels really good. Um, it gets a little sticky when um, the it is uh, I had one, one client with a very large personalized figure mm-hmm. years ago. And he's like, can you make it like this? And I said, yes. And I did it like the way he wanted it to. But I think in his brain, it looked yeah. different. Yeah. And I couldn't bring what he wanted in his brain. Yeah. Life. I did the best I could. And yeah. I don't think he was satisfied with it at all. Yeah. And that's hard. It is. But then you kind of just take it on the chin and you're like, Okay, like there's nothing else I can do. Um if you saw my work, you know that that's that's the best that I'm capable of and I'm sorry, but and then and then that's it. Like um I, I recently did another commission that were, like make this look like the art and I made it look like the art um exactly the way that the art was and I don't think they were satisfied with it mm. because it didn't look as maybe what they were expecting the model to look like again. Right. I'm like Mm -hmm. You said, make it look like the art. And I did exactly like the art. If you wanted it to be taken to the next level, you have to specify that. And I have, I have sheets saying like, what do you want? How do you want it done? what level of painting are you thinking of here? Because there's a lot of difference between tabletop standard and display model. Yep. If you wanted this to be mm-hmm. a display model, then don't give me that art say, these are the colors that I want you to work with. Yeah. Make it a display model. Yeah. And that's the difference. If you say, make it look like the art, I'm going to make it look like the art and it might <laughs> it look flatter and it might look, yep. you know, as maybe even a little bit more desaturated, but you say, make it look like the art.
2: Yep. And that's yep. what I
3: did. But if yeah. you say, you know, I want it to uh, this to be a display model. These are the colors I want you to use. Here's art for inspiration. Take it to the next level. Yeah, you know, I think people go into commissions thinking. Oh, they'll just figure it out but it's like no you need to get specific big time what do you want this to look like what yep. level you know and that you know there's a questionnaire for a reason for a commission
2: yeah. so Uh-oh.
1: there's a um a lady here in town who is an amazing amazing tattoo artist uh heather mclean she's one of the best in calgary uh, i have a um large uh, uh Albrecht, the german um artist a uh, big saint christopher on my uh shoulder that she did for me years ago probably about 15 years ago and 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 it's kind of like um, it's all black and gray, but it's kind of very much looks like a kind of charcoal style painting. She's so talented. If you go to Heather now, you don't say this is what I want. You just get on a waiting list and Heather tattoos on you what she wants to be working on that day. Yeah. Like you don't have a choice. It's just whatever. She's that level of artist now. And I think as you progress in your career, that's what starts to happen. And if anybody's smart when they come to you and say, hey, you know, maybe they say this is the mini that I have. Please paint it like that's the best thing they can say, because you have a trained eye, you have knowledge, you have understanding. And if they let you loose, they're going to get the best job out of it.
3: Absolutely. And I don't think people realize that. No, it's like, again, if I care about this, it's going to look so So much. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's that's not a big headed thing. Um, That's another hard thing as artists. We are the worst to go and promote and talk about our stuff. Right. It's so hard to do that. Um, But that's the thing. If people let you go free and let you connect to the object, forget it. They're going to get way more time out of you that yeah. you're not going to charge for. And it's going to be amazing.
3: At. Like Jim's like, go, go ham, like go to town. I'm yeah. like, thank you. Like, I just <laughs> want to practice. I want to put myself into this. I want to like, I want to feel, I want to feel something about this, but if you're going to yeah. give me a dragon and say, I want it textbook.
1: Yeah.
3: All right. Well, okay. I'll just, then yeah. I'll paint it
1: red. Jim is absolutely the best client in the world He's yeah, like,
2: he is. He is. Thank He's you. Like, thank you, hey, buddy.
1: Well, do, you want to go, do you want to go to um, Expo with me? I'm like, yeah, I'd love to. I want to have Death Knight armor. Can you make that? I'm like, sure. What do you want to look like? I'll just make it. She's just like, like yeah. no instruction, no direction. I'm like, okay. And so you have all this freedom. And then you just pour yourself into it because you're so jazzed about the idea. You know what I mean? And you just do it. And uh, Jim is probably one of the best supporters of artists out there. Like, he is so genuine. Like, you always see Dick, like, just pick this up. Just got this. Had this sent. This just got mailed to me. Like, he's, he's so... Amazing amazing and beautiful about that
3: yeah absolutely and that's like every every time jim you've sent me a box you're like what do you want to paint i'm like it doesn't matter as long as like you just let me paint it and you're like yep yeah. yup, here you go and I'm like, yes yeah, and then yeah. i get to add slime and blood and goo and i love it and i'm like can i add resin to this you're like sure
1: Next <laughs> it's See, the
3: and,
2: best part.
1: and jim's smart because he and he may not know this but because he is that way he because he, he's smart No, he might not know he's smart. So don't tell him Um, because he's that way. We're just like, can you do this? Like, here's a vague direction. Run with it. Um, You're so willing to do stuff. The silly book nooks that I make that I made like tons and tons of them. The very, very first one. I just made for free and shipped it to him. Didn't tell him, about. It. he saw me making him. He's like, I want to get one of those for me. I want one. And I'm like sh- in my head, I'm going, shut up, dude, this is yours. Yeah. Um, but the prototype one was sent to him. The number he's got number one sitting on a shelf. And it's right. just because I love the guy and he's so much of a, uh, a promoter and a support to you. Like he's so amazing. Um, we all need people like that.
3: Of course. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and those who support the arts for sure. Mm. Like I've had people send me beautiful miniatures painted. I have one, um, on my desk here and you know like they're just so great like uh oh it blurs it out but um yeah i have a friend chris on the internet and mm-hmm. he's been a follower of mine for a really long time and he sends me beautiful his beautiful painted miniatures for my birthday and for christmas and actually you know what's funny i have you guys here too that i haven't oh, yet but i haven't I have done you. mine either there
2: you are that's oh, so fun. Awesome.
3: <laughs> my little buddies on my desk.
1: Those are so Dustin. Oh wow, Kings Valley Forge. I can't say enough. We we love Dustin. Um yeah. any anything I need in my projects that is 3d printed i always uh, get dustin to do the work for me uh, another fellow canuck um so amazing and uh yeah he did a, i didn't know about those jim kind of took that hole on for art said i want to have a painting competition is that okay i'm like yes please do it yeah and he put that together and it was such a surprise uh, for me day of to see these little figures that it was jim and i at calgary expo <laughs> yeah. which was so fun oh, it was <laughs> So
3: great yeah so i have to paint those up <laughs> that's <laughs> <my> crazy <laughs>
1: Jim, do you have another question for our lovely guest? Yeah. Oh, I did
0: want to touch on the mm-hmm. Tiamat story there. Yeah. Courtney kind of went over some details there because she asked if I had a red dragon to paint. I was like, no, but if you want one, like I'll send you one <laughs> to, <Yeah>. to paint. <laughs> I'm not going to say no to a Courtney paint job. So
2: <laughs>
0: and that same as that. Uh, like I'm already there. What you're talking about with that tattoo artist. Mm. That's why I just... If Courtney will paint minis for me, I just send her the minis and like, yeah. do yeah. your thing. Cause you know what you're doing, obviously. Yeah. <laughs>
1: like <laughs> yeah, I think that's so smart. If people can understand that that's what, that's the best way to get, to get the best project. That's the best thing to do.
3: Yeah. I know. Um, and that's why like, you know, those miniatures, like the, the Raven and the frog and everything mm. like that, the dragon, like the, the ones that, you know, you get to sit with longer Yeah and there's no timeline. Like Jim never was like, there's a timeline on this. And I'm like, okay. No, it wasn't like that. It was just paint it. Yeah. And I said, okay. And that's why it took it's taken me like a month and a half to to do. But (laughs) um the the artistic freedom is like the best gift you can give to an artist. It's it's a gift. And and that's why, you know, as almost like a thank you to Jim, I was like, I just I want to paint a dragon for you. Just I I just want to paint it. You can have it. I don't want it. I just want to paint it and be allowed to just yeah, paint it for yeah. f- like f- be as free with it as I wanted to be. And, and that was, that's a, that's a gift. Like yep. I, I, and that's why I truly appreciate it. I was like, I said to my husband, I'm like, Jim's sending me a dragon and I don't know what it's going to be. And I'm just, i was <laughs> so excited. And, and it's, I think it's really cool for my husband to see like me get excited about, you know, things yeah. like this. And, And, um, and he truly like, so I was like, come look at this, it's glowing or like, look at the wings or like, oh, and so, cause we share an office. Yeah. Um, he gets to see the whole process, too. And and I think, you know, he loves it when I'm happy and I'm loving it when I have the freedom to to do that. And and, and it, yeah, it's a gift.
1: That's lovely. I had uh, it was my pop's birthday a couple of weekends ago. And uh, it's always hard getting stuff, you know, from someone, your loved one, if you've been getting him stuff your whole life, you know what I mean? <laughs> Trying to think of something else. And he loves books. And I wanted I thought you know what? I'm going to do him a little miniature you know, library, that'd be really fun to do for my dad. And so it was really neat to step away from all the commission work, all the projects, and then just make something and just, I haven't done that for a while where it's just been something that I get to create from scratch and I'm just winging it as I'm going along. And it was like, you're saying, Courtney, such a lovely little venture into just exploring and yeah, this will look really good here. And I'm going to make a curved bookcase. I've never made a curved bookcase to match an archway. That's really fun. And it was just this crazy, silly creativity and you have to do it. It's like a palette cleanser every once in a while. Like you have yeah. to spend a little time on something and it wasn't even for me, it was for him, but it was kind of for me because it was my project, my colors, my design my thoughts whatever i wanted to put into it i had no restrictions that was so absolutely lovely to kind of refresh and do that
3: oh totally yeah yeah i know exactly what you mean i showed jim one of my palate cleansers currently (laughs) Uh, i'm making it for my brother's wedding yeah like it's i'm making him a hobbit hole
1: oh good for you
0: You i love it
3: i'm I'm doing all this stuff and i'm like i haven't built anything for yeah yeah this yeah that's what
0: if what if he's a big 13-sided die fan
3: it's okay it's okay. It can be a spoiler. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> spoilers,
1: Because there are so many 13-sided die fans out there. Yeah, so many. <laughs> I think we're up to 22 now. That's <laughs> exciting.
2: Um,
1: I like this uh, question here, Courtney. Um, so over time, are, you know, painting or train or anything, your skills evolve and they grow. Um, can you think about a specific breakthrough moment or skill you developed along that journey and kind of like what it did for you?
3: Yeah, I would say wet blending. Um, really? Yeah, that's a skill that I have used many, many times, and I feel mm-hmm. like I can wet blend anything. I can make something, blend it out, and have it look really, really good every single yeah. time. Whether it be with airbrush, um, just or or just a paintbrush. And you know, I think there's something to be said for um, realizing the skills that we like the most. Yep. That we yeah. that suits us the best and to kind of just accept that that's you know and and and, uh, there's there's two parts of this again a tangent um you know i i like wet blending i like blending things out i like using that technique to bring things to life and i use it quite often um i can do other techniques but i feel the most at home in that technique and i feel like i can bring things to life the best with that technique and that was really really good for me and i've used it on a lot of things like like the the magpie and the frog and Mm. you know the flaming things on these horses and the pumpkin guy like you know like i i use it quite a bit and like i think i've settled into a style um and i i'm i stopped trying to fit the mold of those other styles that are like yeah they they look great they look high-end it's non-metallic metal it's you know um heavier metal, like that that whole Warhammer thing. Like I was really trying to be like that. Mm. But I was like, you know what? I I really like this organic feel to my models and to these paint jobs than I do when I try to make it look like that. Yes, I can do that but I prefer this. This is where I'm happy and comfortable and where I've really kind of settled in and and I'm quite happy with it and um it's it's different like it's but it looks more organic and and that, and I like it and it makes me feel good and I and I think yeah wet blending is a skill that I really kind of fell in love with and and I'm sticking to it I really That's
0: did. awesome. That's yeah, it awesome. looks more realistic too in my opinion.
3: Yeah, like you know and those beautiful box arts and, and like, um, like even like, uh, uh, Ignis art, like, I don't know if you guys know Ignis art, um, their, their box art is ethereal. It's mm. beautiful. And their blends are just so creamy and there's no transition lines. Like it's gorgeous. And I don't like it. I love mm. it. And I don't like it too. Like, I love it because it's beautiful art, but I don't like it because it doesn't look real. Right. Like, and I, and I like something that's rooted a little bit more in reality. and. And I like making leather textures and I like making ground textures and I like making things that look like you can touch it mm-hmm. um, because I want people to touch my models too. Like yeah. um, when uh, at cons, I'm like, pick it up. Like they're yeah, meant yeah. to be looked at and touched and played with. And if you break it, that's why they invented glue. Like, you yeah, know yeah, what? Yeah. plastic models. And, and I love the beautiful display models and, and I do I think it's absolutely gorgeous, but I like the fact that you can touch my models and kind of feel like it's more in our world than it mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. worldly kind of thing. I like that about my, my style and mm-hmm. my models.
1: I think a big trick too, and I find this a lot in the stuff that I make is that, it can look like it's brand new, like the people of that world just created this thing or you can make it look like it's 100 or 200 years old and it's kind of lived in and I always lean heavily on the lived in because that to me roots it in reality it's not just this brand new structure so you make this beautiful thing but you dirty it down and you do stuff to make it look like a real thing, I think it makes a massive difference and um, I like making props as well, I'm a big fan of different movie props and that's one thing I always see if you're on YouTube and someone's made something so many times they make it like it's just rolled out the factory yep. so it's just you know and that's fine and 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 everything exists as a brand new thing but if you're actually to dirty it down and you know weather it it's going to look so much more real yeah. than it does as brand new and i think that's always an important step that a lot of people are scared to do because you have this beautiful thing right
3: yep yeah no i'm in the same boat i i love i love being in the world and the world is dirty
2: yeah <laughs>
3: nothing is ever that beautiful like
2: and clean yeah, yeah
3: um for long and so if it's i i like the grit i like adding moss yeah. and yeah. slime and grime and, and i guess that's kind of like why i like monsters more too is because mm. they're more rooted in earth like mm. you can get them dirty and bloody and slimy and yeah and it just feels better for me yeah
2: <laughs> oh you know? yeah but yeah like
3: yeah i would
1: i, say ha- I have to say courtney exactly. like that if I was to pinpoint one thing about your work, that's probably the thing to me that it does look like it is it looks like it's a snapshot of something going on. You know what I mean? Like it's like okay. of that world of that moment and it has that realism to it and it is dirtied and it is grimy and it has reality to it. It's not all nice and shiny and pretty. Yeah. And I think you capture a moment with that. And that's really hard to do. Uh, Well, and I think you really exceeded that. And that's probably one of the biggest things about that to me that makes your work stand out so much because it really looks like that moment happening.
3: Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's what I'm going for. (laughs) Yeah, it's perfect. That's exactly what I'm going for. And I have like another project that I'm working on, too that it's the same. Like it's, I'm, Mm. you know, like I've got more grass and I've got the, the base and it's it's dirty. Like dirt on it. It's real. There's going to be garbage on it. Like it's real and it's meant to look real. And I love that um, because it, it looks like, yeah, you can just, like go into it as like a like a a story like it's telling a story Mm -hmm.
1: yeah Yeah. if i can go off on a little diatribe for a second um Mm -hmm. i met with a client yesterday i handed over a project to them and we got talking and one of the things they mentioned was that they were really really happy about is that so for myself i'm very left brain right brain so uh, i love the technical aspects of things but i love pure creativity and i feel so very blessed that i have kind of both those sides um i'm gonna really throw some shade here artists are generally the flakiest people you'll ever meet i love artists i consider myself an artist but artists get are emotional creatures and so someone says hey can you do this Tiamat dragon for me and an artist would be like yes oh yeah like oh i'm so jacked i can't wait to do it and, and they get wrapped up in that emotional feeling the client says how much is that going to cost their brain is so focused on the creativity they're like yo yeah i know 50 bucks yeah i can't wait to get this thing going i'm so excited so they get started and there are hundreds of hours in this project and they're like oh my goodness why did i take this on this isn't 50 bucks project finishes they hand it over to the client saying yeah it's, it's like you know five hundred dollars and the client's like what are you talking about you told me 50 bucks right, well yeah. dude it took me so much time and it's so much work and so a lot of artists are rooted in all that you know energy of emotion and passion which is beautiful but do not have a business head on their shoulders yeah. um, to do any of this as a business which is what you know you and myself are doing you have to have the both of them so bringing this around the other thing I've always felt a very strong kinship to you is that you are extremely well versed on the business side as the creative side. And I think it's, it's really hard to have both of those. I try my utmost to have that. Again, I have clients agreements, sign offs. They, they know how much their project is before we even start it, like all of that stuff, because no one wants surprises. No one wants to deal with it. What are you talking? 50? Now it's 500. Are you killing? Are you killing me? Like, what are you talking about? This is crazy. Yeah. So. I think you do an extremely good job of that. And so hats off to you because it's really hard to balance that business savvy with creativity and do it well. And I think you do such a superb job. And so I I just yeah, I just wanted to say and let let anyone know out there if you are interested in working with Courtney on something, she's so talented. And you're also so professional. So, you know what you're getting like that's so huge.
3: And I think that was really important to me is because it's interesting. Like I I'm going to let you in on a secret.
2: Ooh. Exclusive.
3: I know. And it's gonna be it's gonna sound terrible, but I don't value my work very well. And I don't think people should pay for this, Mm. in my opinion. So coming up with prices is was very difficult. Hard. But I stick to them because it's true. It's you know, like I can't do this for free. No. I love to do this and I'd be more than happy to work with someone you know, if they are like, well, I base painted the model. Can you ha- help me add details? Like, of course, you're going to be flexible like that. Like, of course, yeah. the business aspect of this was very, very difficult because I don't don't value what I do and I mm. underappreciate what I do. Yeah. And that's why, you know, when we go to these cons, you know, and people my my work is displayed on a table for everybody to see Where they're like, how much is this one? And I'm like, well, it's like 40 bucks. They're like, what? Yeah, really? And my husband's like, see, I told you
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> 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 to charge more yeah. and, and I'm like, yeah, but it didn't take me that long, but I really love doing it. And that's why I like pumped it out really quick. And it looks really good is because I love doing it. Um, um, but, but there, there is a business side to me. And I under like, I, my dad's a businessman. Like I grew up around business. I know. And, and I've, I've been working since I was 14. I know, I know how to run a business, which I should probably, you know, I know how to run a business. And, um, but it's just a matter of like, you know, sticking with it too, like, mm-hmm. st- to, to your guns. And, you know, if someone's like, well, yeah, that's expensive. You're like, yes, it is. And you have to be like, if you can afford it, fantastic. If you can't, I'm really sorry. Right. And that's the hard part because is. Emotional Courtney is like, I will just do this for free. And I've given yeah. a lot of stuff away for free. Yeah. Also because I can and I and I do like to be generous and I do like to give things away for free. So that's that's I love doing that mm-hmm. because, I can't, because I can because I can. Um, again, my, my, my husband has a, a job and yeah. I, this, our income is not relying on my right. income. Right. So if, it, if it did, that would be a completely different story too. Yep. I get to be generous because I want to be and yeah. because I can be. And, um, but, right. but there is a, there comes a certain time and place where you're like, nope, this is what the price is. We're going to stick to it. I'm yep. going to give you exactly what you ask for. And it's going to be great again, if you, box art, <laughs> if you want box art, um, but you know, and, and there's been uh, times when I've offered services, I have been laughed at, I have been turned away. Mm-hmm. I have been told, no, it happens. And it has happened to me many course, times and it's mm-hmm. all business. It's not personal. No, no. And no. that's hard because I'm a sensitive little creature Yeah, and But it is what it is, and and now I've been doing this long enough that it's like you know what. Uh, Another example is the classes that I was running. I was only taking forty percent of ticket sales.
2: Forty
3: percent. The venue was taking sixty percent of ticket sales. Right. I was making less than minimum wage. Yeah. And then this year I was like, "What the heck? Like people are Mm -hmm. coming to see me, not your venue." Yep. So I said, no, I'm going to be changing my ticket prices also because it was really hard on me too. Cause I was still sick. Yeah. Um, and I said, this has to be worth my time. I can't keep doing this if only two yeah. people are showing up and I'm making $7. Like, come on. you.
2: No, guys. no. Mm-hmm.
3: So I got my ticket prices and I and and it's still way below what I think I should get. But it's still in the best interest of them to keep hiring me. So it's, yeah. it's just it's you're playing with this constant yeah. money versus creativity versus valuing yourself versus what the market is actually going to pay you. Kind of. That's thing. right. Oh, that's a dance. That's a tricky, tricky dance.
1: It is. Yeah. I mean, it, it, selling appliances, it, there's really no creativity in selling and passion in selling a dishwasher. Yeah. Very different when you're doing this. Longtime fans know I'm a huge um, a fan of Adam Savage from Mythbusters. Yeah. Adam has a YouTube channel called Tested, which I recommend every maker watch. He has like daily short little videos he puts out. So interesting. Yeah. And one of the things he talks about is that in the earlier years time is your biggest asset. You have nothing but time to do things. So you can really depreciate the value of your time on projects. And at that moment, materials are your highest thing. Those materials are worth more to you. And as as you get more and more of a creative person and, and on your journey, the materials go down and your time is the value, right? That's what people are paying for is your time. And so I always find myself still kind of I feel I'm getting close to that point where it starts turning over. Like I'm still like you. I depreciate my value in the time that takes me to do things. So I do stuff at very low rates. Mostly because I just want to be able to do this. But as you get further along, like we talked about Heather McLean, where she only tattoos what she wants to tattoo. That's where she's at in her career. And I think it's just a journey that we go on. Mm -hmm. And um, I think we're very similar to Courtney, where we both have significant others that are like allowing us to do this crazy thing. And um, it's amazing that we have that. And it's not our sole income here is that is making the ship float. It's, you know we're just kind of doing a little bit they're doing the majority of the work on the the ship floating side
3: right yeah it's uh it yeah you know, like i said it's it's a dance and i'm getting better at it um mm. like i was like i said like a couple of years ago i wasn't i wasn't good at it and you know i gave a lot of stuff away for free and i lowered my prices just for the sake of wanting yeah. people to like me and to come back and, and again and again and again yeah it's tough but i'm getting better at it and i I'm getting to the point where it's like, well, am I going to get paid for this? Like I should, I should yeah. get paid for this. Of course you should. <laughs> of course is my you should. Time. Like you have to pay for my time now. Yep. Yeah yeah jim, shout,
0: shout out to uh supportive significant others mm. my wife has a good job which allows me to spend a lot of my money on the fungin. so no, yeah mrs epic's awesome yeah no,
3: is yeah. awesome i want to give her another high five. Oh, i just really enjoy her i think
1: she's <laughs> the one picking up tiamat so
3: perfect i'm gonna give her a Ooh, hug.
1: nice uh jim i have one more question for courtney do you have a question before i get to my last question
0: Uh, Yeah. Um, Also, I want to say, Sean, I don't think you read in between the lines there what Courtney was saying about um, her con rates. So don't lowball her for art con next year. (laughs) That's that was directed towards you. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I'll do a better job, buddy.
3: I volunteer.
0: volunteer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This one's uh, for me, actually. Um, Courtney, what's your uh, best advice on freehand and tattoos on miniatures? Cause that's something I want to start doing a lot more. Wow.
3: Oh, okay. So I love doing tattoos on miniatures and I've, I've decided to become better at it because I love it so much. Um, it's working with the right color. Okay, so we know that like black tattoo ink isn't really black, right? It's almost like a combination of deep blues or deep greens. Like it's mm. it's not like black black. Um, it, um, especially for like um, you know uh, sailors, like back in the day, the old sailing ships and things like that. So an aged tattoo is going to be more greeny against mm. the skin. <laughs> yeah. um, it's gonna it's gonna um, have the lines spread out a little bit. Like it's going to be a softer not going to be as crisp so like my tips and tricks for that would be how fresh is the tattoo
2: mm, um, right. what
3: material has been has it been injected in the skin or is it just on the surface of the skin right like almost like woad like uh that blue woad um and for freehanding, it's just like practice before you start on the miniature or um like for the, the ruins that I did on Tiamat is I sketched them out first with just a pencil crayon and and then you can wipe it away if it's not mm. exactly how you want it. Um, You know, varnishing your model before you go in with freehand mm-hmm, might be a mm-hmm. good idea. Um, um, and yeah, like tattoos, they're going to be so, 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 so small. So you're going to need a tiny, tiny brush <laughs> and it's going to be, you're going to have to work with a uh, very fluid uh, paint you're going to have to work with um paint that maybe has an additive to it like a like a retardant so it doesn't dry as fast you have a little bit more working time
1: um orney i always say that's when you need the police paintbrush the the five-oh.
3: Oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah like single hair um some people like to use like markers like those fine tipped mm, mm-hmm, markers mm-hmm. To- that um but i feel like sometimes like the black is just too stark against what you're doing you have to like feather out the edges a little Interesting. bit and that's so hard because it's so small yeah. that it's almost like well then don't use the sharpie use something else always have like your base color as a backup to like really if you like smudgy it a little bit you can go in back with your base color and kind of mm. crisp up the lines a little bit if if needed um, but no, like really consider the skin that you're if it's on skin, if it's tattoo, really consider the age of the person that you're tattooing. So a young a young guy like this, um, he's going to have a fresher tattoo than, say, maybe like an old sailor model or like mm. a. A dwarf, a dwarf, right? Mm -hmm. And then it's like, well, um, also think of like what's on top of the skin. Is there is there freckles? Is there, you know, veins running through it too? So you can you know kind of play around with those types of textures and and inks and else what else would be a good tip or trick about text? I
1: love the tip about sealing it all in first because then you've got to do over, right? That was yeah. great.
3: Yeah. And um I would actually recommend practicing practicing on a bust first because you have a larger surface area. Mm-hmm. Seventy five millimeter, a mm-hmm. bust, something large to do that mm-hmm. on first. Yeah.
1: That's awesome. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah. That's just- We'll look exactly. forward to seeing that stuff, Jim. Yeah, yep.
3: let's uh, let's do it up. This winner. Yeah.
1: Okay, Cordy. Last question. It's a two-part question. First part, are you a brush licker? Yes. Okay. We all we all, yeah, we all we all are. We all are. We all are. We just have to own up to it. Uh, the second part of the question. <laughs> please list us your top three pies.
3: Oh, lemon meringue.
1: Does that number one? Or are you going from
3: Okay, okay, okay. Wait. Ah, ooh, pumpkin. Oh, I pumpkin. love pumpkin pie. Okay. Pumpkin one. Lemon meringue, pumpkin. That's a great I, pecan. You can. Mm. Pecan.
1: Pie. So, sorry, lemon meringue number one. Yep. Pumpkin. Yep. And pecan pie. Yep. Lovely. Awesome great
0: choices. Yeah.
1: Those are good choices. There's no wrong
0: pie. There's no There's wrong
3: pie. Really, and that's just it. There's really no wrong pie. As a Canadian, though, I would say, okay, here's one for you. Yeah. A tortier.
2: Oh yeah. A pea pie. Yeah. Mm.
3: Lovely pie. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: This is really good. Yeah, I uh, often say shepherd's pie is my favorite.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Right? That's a good one too. That's kind of yeah. yeah, that, that all good. pie. They're all good. Yeah, <laughs> Courtney, thanks so much for hanging out with
3: us today. Oh, you're welcome.
1: You you are just I'm amazing. Sure. We 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 it's we great. love these times when we get to chat. We we honestly, Jim, we probably should do more frequently the interview chats because they're kind of my favorite. Yeah, Courtney's definitely gonna come back on. <laughs>
2: Whatever
3: you want, and then we can like dive into topics, and we can have like like a single discussion on like one thing and we can like mm. romance on D D tables or something. Ooh. Yeah.
1: Ooh. That was a good one. Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> All right, funny. folks, we're, we're going to take a break here. We'll be back in a couple of minutes and thank you much. Stick around. Fantasy factoid.
3: Today's fantasy factoid nature couldn't make an bear, So wizards took it upon themselves. Wizards and mad scientists haven't concluded if a bear owl could also be made.
1: Have you ever wanted to build your own D&D train or fantasy dioramas? Looking to learn how to make amazing RPG displays using simple tools and materials? Want to engage with over 30 talented artists who are excited to share, support and inspire? Well, look no further! My name is Sean and I've been an artist for over 40 years and I offer easy to use tips, tricks and tutorials on terrain building through my Patreon site, The Pink Foam Brigade. For the cost of a couple cups of coffee a month, you will have access to over 160 posts, more each week, all positioned to teach you to become an amazing maker. Come join us, become the newest brigadier, and let me help you on your crafting journey. Search for The Pink Foam Brigade on the Patreon website, you won't be sorry. Next time on 13 Sided Die.
3: Welcome back, everybody, with Jim and Sean. They're going to be doing some feedback and shout outs uh, to thank the audience. And here we are. Here we go. Let's go.
0: Jim, why can't you do that? I was. And then Courtney just butted in oh, line. Yeah, that's what happened. <laughs>
3: that's
0: totally what happened. She just wanted to show me up on our, my own podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have Courtney back every
1: show to do yeah, the, uh, the. That was awesome. Stuff she's a pro. It's, it's inspiring. Uh, first of all, Jim, I think you said you had a shout out you wanted to do. Yes. Uh, yeah. Just uh, we
0: got some cool fan art from the last episode of Bubbles the Boulet. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Uh, from my giveaway, Tim. He's uh, Foxo Tim Art on Instagram. And uh, yeah, he did a sweet little 13 sided die fan art. So check it out.
1: Yeah, he crushed it. That was
2: it's so funny. fun. Yeah.
1: Bubbles is taking on a life of their own. Uh, And in regards to last episode, Jim had a joke. I think it was, wasn't it about a knight and a ladder and stepping up or something to the challenge? It was really bad. That was Chat GPT. Yeah, don't blame that. It was all you. Um, So, in response to that, we had some uh, mail come in and this says Subject, hate mail. What a dumb joke, Jim. Dads everywhere collectively facepalmed and took psychic damage all at once with that joke. You should be banned from speaking or vibrating your vocal cords for at least a month after a joke like that. I hope your players find a way to break your game with some particularly dumb shenanigans and haunt you with spells beyond your homebrew comprehension because of that dad joke. I hope the next time you go to see a hockey match, you sneeze just as your favorite team scores a goal. You should grow more beard hair so it acts as a barrier so the next dad joke that emerges from your throat hole goes muffled slightly, making it inintelligible for the rest of us and sparing our ears and minds. I have a mind to unfollow the podcast, but that would hurt Sean more than you have ravaged his mind with that joke. I refuse to go to the gym because it reminds me of you. I hope the next time you look in the mirror, it says image not found out of pure shame for hearing that joke. I hope the next time you need to release gas out of your booty, it squeaks extra high pitch, extra loud for an extended period of time to make up for that face farting out that joke. I hope the next tattoo you get the artist starts shivering uncontrollably. I hope you dare not dad joke again, as the groan from it will emerge. Uh, as groan from it will emerge was a Nazgul shriek. Learn shame anonymously. Yours truly, the Noel Who Crafts. <laughs> <laughs> Courtney, could that have been any better?
3: That was intense. <laughs>
0: I'm so honored. Our first hate mail. We've been trying. We've been going for that for 22 episodes. Oh, wow. we, we haven't got
1: any hate mail. The we've been kind of tro- we've been kind of trolling it, haven't we? Like wanting to yeah. get it. Yeah. Yeah, that's oh, yeah, awesome. Okay, so that being said, and that was, that was beautiful. beautiful. And John, beautiful. absolutely love you, John. That was fantastic. Thank <laughs> you for that mail. Um, I believe Courtney has a joke for us this oh, go around.
3: Little joke. It's just a little one.
1: That's awesome. Let's see how much hate mail we get from this. Go for it. Yeah.
3: All right. What kind of music do elves listen to? What? A rap music. <laughs> <Yes>.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's going to generate lots of hate mail.
3: Well, you wow. know, don't hate too hard because, you know, <laughs> don't hate the player.
1: player. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Courtney, what, a, what awesome. a treat having you here today. It's been so fun.
3: Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I, I was, I it was like, gonna ask to come on your podcast because oh. and i normally don't, don't ask for things like that but i was like i want to go on your podcast so when well, jim messaged me i was like yep
1: it's just so silly and fun like it's just you know that that's what we're trying to do is just have a fun time and i think people respond to that and you know we, we all the world needs more fun
3: yeah absolutely so and please come back talk about things that are important
1: <laughs> yes yeah Important and fun. Yeah. And I think you you really kind of cinched that up today and gave us the best of all those worlds. So thank you. That was fantastic. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, next episode, uh, Jim and I decided that we don't know what we're doing next episode and we're going to put it into the hands of Courtney. She is just going to tell us what next episode is about. So uh, I, I'm I'm shivering and I'm excited all at the same time.
3: You want to know right now?
1: I right do.
2: Yeah. Here, uh, Here we go.
3: All right. All right. Yeah. When taking on a project, whether it be a commission or a campaign, what is your creative process that allows you to make it interesting for yourself?
2: Oh, damn. That was good.
1: Yeah. How do you feel about that, Jim? Love it. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that was really good. That's a great one.
3: I want to dive into your minds. I want to know, you know, what makes it interesting for you? to keep yeah. going, to plan, to, you know, because we touched upon projects that we we get commissions for and it can mm-hmm. kind of be a little bit of a brain drain. Mm. Well, how do you make it interesting? How do you keep going? Jim, when you're writing campaigns and stories, what elements do you add in there for yourself to make it interesting for you to keep that passion alive?
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, that would be an awesome, awesome one. one. That's a great, great topic. I love it.
3: Perfect. Cool. I can't wait to hear it.
1: Oh It'll thank you. We just have to figure out when we get together. It's been very hard this summer, just people's schedules to do this. So boy, uh it's Sunday morning here, and thank you so much, Courtney, for taking yeah. time out to do it. Yeah. It was fantastic. Uh Jim, do we have any closing remarks, comments, anything? I don't think so. Thanks, Courtney. Uh please come back soon. Anytime, you guys. I love you. Such a pleasure. Thanks, Courtney. <laughs>
3: thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye, Bye everybody. Bye. Bye.
1: Well done you. You've made it to the end of the podcast. You are a bold adventure to be sure.
0: Remember to fill your wire skin and to have your blade sharpened at the blacksmiths before departing. Thanks for
1: listening. Please subscribe to our podcast to be notified of new 13-sided die adventures. And don't forget to tell your friends about the silly fools talking about D&D. 13-sided die has
0: been brought to you by Sean and Jim. Executive produced by Sean and Jim. Mini painting by Sean and Jim. Engineered by Sean and Jim. Goblin Torture Device by
1: Sean and Jim. Conceptualized by Sean and Jim. Please note, no goblins were harmed in the making of this podcast.